to fight for truth and justice in the American way. What I do is not up to you. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I am Iron Man. And Hulk. Smash. You guys know I can move things with my mind, right? With great power comes great responsibility. No games. Hi, welcome to Watchtower. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And this is a podcast where we talk about superhero movies. And um, this week, we are we don't really know yet if we're talking about a superhero movie or I not. Know. Okay, well, <laughs> anyway, um, we're talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi for two reasons. One, because since we started this podcast, we've always kind of wanted to figure out, like, if Jedi are superheroes. Because, you know, they, they're several reasons and conclusions that you can come to to think that they are. I'm sure there are good arguments as to why they're not, but it's a question that we're interested in. They have a lot of the characteristics, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, um, The Last Jedi recently came out, and Seth and I have very differing <laughs> viewpoints on this movie, so we thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about it's gonna it. It's going to be cathartic for me. Yeah, so first let me just talk about like how the movie's done. So um, this is the most recent Star Wars movie, Um second in this most recent trilogy um it is currently sitting at roughly one billion grossing worldwide um, most successful movie of 2017 yep and it came out like like what? at the end, at the end of, <laughs> yeah december 15th it's I amazing think. um and it has a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes so it's been pretty popular with the critics critic score yeah that's the critic score seth's excited about the audience <laughs> score because it's a 50 which is we oh, were talking even about even lower than it was when I looked at it last. <laughs> Which is really weird because um, weird. this movie has made a lot of people really angry. Um, a lot of people have really liked it. A lot of people haven't liked it, and it's very interesting just from a filmmaking standpoint to see a movie and a franchise that's so successful do so well critically and make a lot of money at the box office, but yet have a really mediocre audience score. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially a blockbuster movie like this, like yeah. a big franchise movie. Yeah. Typically, they do really well with fans, mm-hmm. and I I don't I can think of no other time when the critic and audience score has been this disparate. Yeah, I think somebody said I think I was reading somewhere that like Phantom Menace had a really really differing score or one of the prequel movies, but other than that, normally it's been pretty mm-hmm. equal. So, Seth, how do you feel about this movie in in <laughs> like yeah. like two minutes or less? <laughs> Um, I didn't like this movie. It it was well done. It's a competent film. I don't think it understands Star Wars is the simplest way I can put this. Okay. So as a long, long time Star Wars fan, it it felt like a slap in the face in a lot of ways. Do you think if you hadn't like, if this was, like, the first Star Wars movie, do you think you would have liked it more? Yes. Okay. I th- the thing I keep saying, talking about this movie, <laughs> if you've never seen Star Wars before, You'll this, movie, this works. movie works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I loved the movie. <laughs> um, I thought... Uh, I didn't I didn't love it the first time I saw it. I actually, like, thought it dragged quite a bit when I first saw it. I thought it kind of felt like two different movies. Um, uh I didn't like totally love like some of the comedic moments and I but I thought the action was amazing and after seeing it five 
or six times now. I do really love it. Um, I think it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I don't know if it's the best because I still think Empire will always hold my it's like. It's not the best. best. Okay, listen. In my opinion, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I'm just helping you along, get, making so, a decision. So, uh, and here's a warning. Obviously, spoiler alert. We're about to dive into Lots details. Of spoilers. But it's been yeah. what two weeks, three weeks now. That's not a super long time to give people to see a movie. It's enough. Okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, first, let's just hit the question. Just first impressions. Do you think that Jedi are superheroes? Uh, no, I don't think so. They have a lot of the characteristics because uh, it's, it's a story of good and evil. Mm-hmm. There's a big morality element to it. They do have superpowers, sort of. Um, but ultimately... I think Star Wars is not about the superpowers. It's more about like, uh, it's more about the individual making choices. So I think it doesn't really, the same way that Harry Potter wouldn't really be a superhero. Like he has powers, obviously, Mm -hmm. but the story's not really about that. I agree. Um, I think when you think of superheroes, you think of them like saving people and like, not that it's like an occupation for them, but in a lot of ways it is, especially with like Justice League and the Avengers. And I think the Jedi do what they do because it's necessary when it's necessary. But I don't think mm. like their like purpose is to like save people and be defenders. And I don't, I don't read it that way. I think yeah, I think like Star Wars is is war. Like there's wartime going on, and that's what you know makes the jedi necessary to be doing things but Mm -hmm. especially with the way the force is treated too which like we may get into this like this movie like says some things about the force that some people may not like yeah but like (laughs) especially just speaking from this movie for me like the idea that you know the force is everywhere the force is in everything i think that even more especially with this most recent trilogy like finn wielded a lightsaber like i'm not Mm -hmm. like like he like then I feel like if you make the Jedi superheroes, everyone in the universe has to somehow be a superhero because everyone yeah. is connected to the Force. It gets right. really muddy. So I'm going to go with no as well, even though I think, especially on the morality question, Star Wars fulfills the checklist. Yeah, so. big time on that one. Yeah. We may have to... One of the reasons I really wanted to explore movies like this that seem to hit a lot of the the, the check marks but mm-hmm. ultimately don't make it is we, we need to do this to refine our criteria that's fair so yeah. maybe by the end of this episode we'll have to make some like amendments yeah i like that for sure and like another thing about our criteria checklist is i think it helps us arrive at what superhero movies are better than others but i don't know if it necessarily helps answer the question is this a superhero movie our current one yeah mean? yeah yeah so right i think there. that's the difference there but with that um do we want to start with hero and villain journey arc and let's let's keep this in mind um let's evaluate this movie both on its own and in connection with the franchise Mm -hmm. because i think like you said it has to be held accountable to the franchise like that's the entire reason like you don't like it but i also think there are seven other movies (laughs) yeah yeah but i think it is important to evaluate it as its own film yes for the sake especially of the pantheon i completely agree and we may want to do Maybe sometime down the road, do a different Star Wars movie. Yeah. And just see how that... Because this is a very different Star Wars movie. Yeah, we could do, like, A New Hope at sure. some point or something. Sure, because that... W- yeah. Cause, like, this this is such a 
a strange departure for Star Wars in a lot of mm-hmm. ways that it's kind of weird we're starting with this one. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we do have to keep that in mind for sure. Cool. So, hero, villain, journey. Um, <laughs> here's my question for you. Who is the villain of this movie? Well, the villain is ostensibly Kylo Ren. The hero okay. is Rey. Okay. I think that's very clear cut. Um, and I think they have... This is the strongest part of the movie, in my opinion, is the mm-hmm. way these two characters are written. I totally agree. I think, uh, well, I personally liked the way Kylo Ren was written more in The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but I liked the way Rey's written more in this one. I thought yeah. she was underwritten in The Force Awakens. I totally agree. So um, that was that was good to give her some like real... I mean, she really has like an arc in this movie. She kind of didn't in The Force Awakens. I totally agree. I think in The Force Awakens... Um, she's just kind of presented as like, oh, mysterious character who's very capable of doing everything she's put to and like the Mary Sue argument. Yeah, and like I didn't I didn't think she was a Mary Sue, but I could understand the argument yeah. for sure. Um, I think in this movie she's given a lot of purpose. Um even though I think she is more of a vehicle for the plot. I don't know like how much mm. like she changes over the course of the film, but I think the world changes mm. in ways that allow her to function well um i I think she does change because like at the beginning of the movie she's very she's very gullible Mm -hmm. and she was in the force awakens too oh for sure um even more so yeah uh but like when she meets luke she thinks everything's gonna go like perfectly and (laughs) luke says this isn't going to go the way you think yeah um and then she meets kylo and tries to turn him Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't—it doesn't happen. So I right. think she comes to some sort of conclusion. I don't think there's a scene of the movie where she realizes, "Oh, I was wrong," and I think yeah. that's a big problem. I do, but too. I do. And I think I don't, en- enough I, happens that you can assume. I don't think I ever bought her like being drawn toward the dark. Like Luke spoke a lot about her being drawn toward the dark, and we have the moment where like she goes to the cave. But like I, I never bought her being drawn to the dark. I bought her being drawn yeah. to Kylo, and mm-hmm. like yeah, like he's linked to the dark side. He is the dark side in this movie. But like I don't know that I bought it, if only because I think Kylo's struggle with being drawn to the light is so strong. Mm-hmm. I think hers didn't mirror as well. But um, on that note, I think just like their hero villain like as far as being arcs that work well together is just phenomenally well done i think it's like the best part of this franchise for sure it's well i think they're well-written characters in this movie Mm -hmm. and i think they are diametrically opposed and that's clear but when we get into the hero and villain aspect of it for me it doesn't really hit that okay i think they're well-written characters but i don't really that's why I said ostensibly they're mm-hmm. heroes and villains. But when you sort of apply any level of scrutiny to the choices they make in this movie, I just see a lot of like moral gray. Um, but then you get <laughs> to the argument that Star Wars has always been about, you know, more black and white thinking than this film does anyway, as far as good and bad. And then you get into the idea, well, what if there is no actual hero and villain in this film yeah. because it's so gray, which I feel uh-huh. like is part of the reason you have a lot of problems with it. It's, it's so, part of the reason, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, because for me, I, yes, Kylo Ren is the villain of this film, but I don't know how much I can see him as a villain anymore. Like, I see him as a villain at the end of the film. 
particularly because mm. he assumes his role as um, emperor or em- supreme leader. Supreme leader. Yeah, I was like, I almost said it for him. I was like, no, we're changing the names, even though it's the exact same thing. Kylo oh, <laughs> <God>. Renfer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's he assumes his role as supreme leader. He's like, I'm gonna destroy everything. He's very villainous. Which in the where end. did that come from? The scene where he's like, join me. I'm like, why? You didn't express this. This was a desire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it means. Okay. Maybe it means. In The Force Awakens, he says, I will finish what you started, talking mm-hmm. to Darth Vader, mm-hmm. or to the memory of Darth Vader, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, Darth Vader wanted to kill all the Jedi and, mm-hmm. and kill the Emperor, so maybe that's what he means, but then he destroys his mask, so it's like he's getting rid of the connection to Darth Vader. So, here's how I interpreted this, and this very much goes along with the arc um, that he takes. I very much saw it as, from the beginning of Force Awakens, he wants to be Darth Vader like that's what he wants um he thinks he has the struggle of being pulled to the light side even though he's like gone dark so he thinks that killing Han Solo will you know push him over the edge to like accepting the dark side and getting rid of the light Mm -hmm. he kills Han Solo it doesn't do what he thought he would it would do in fact it makes him even more conflicted I think Rey is is this connection that he finds that like is proof that the light side is like good like i don't know if that makes sense but like ray mm-hmm. is like proof that like the light side like has its merits that like this is like an argument as to why because he sees what she can do he sees her potential oh. they have a connection so then he sees her as his way out so then when they're in when they're in the um throne room and he says i know what i have to do just like he said with han solo mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. time he thinks it's going Last time he thought it was going to pull him to the dark. This time he thinks it's going to pull him to the light or to this new way oh. of thinking. But it's with Ray. Whatever it is, it's with Ray. And when she refuses him to join him, that's what kind of like breaks everything. And he's like, "Screw it, I'm done. Like I'm not gonna try anymore." And but wait, assumes but she supreme leader. Wait, how can <laughs> how can he expect her to? She, he wants her to join him. Right. But I don't think he wants her to join the dark side. Why? I don't think that's what that means. Oh. Because he wants to just... Because he wants to destroy everything. I think he wants... I think that's tending toward the this whole, like, gray idea is that, like, Kylo Ren's like, I'm done with the light and the dark and these labels and, like, the First Order. Kill the Resistance. Kill the First Order. Kill the past. Like, hmm. let's do our own thing. But it's not practical. I can see that. I, yeah, like, I'm not saying it's, like, good. I'm just saying well, this is what I saw. <laughs> well, I'm just... Right. I can definitely see that. The movie is not explicit about his no, motivations. No, I, I understand and that. That's, yeah. That, Which, that's like I said, I've seen it, like, six times. I've been thinking about it a lot. So I'm probably seeing things that aren't actually, like, completely there, but can be believed if it's explained. Which is not a strong yeah. film. It's not strong in that way, then, if you have to think about it that much. Yeah. But. I like that idea, though. Yeah, but, that's what I got out of it. Um, the problem with Kylo Ren and that keeps him from being a satisfying villain mm-hmm. as well as just a good character in some way, we don't know what tempted him to the dark side. Exactly. So Huge problem with this whole trilogy. Well, and here's something to discuss with that is the fact that it's written, the first two movies were written by two different people who literally said in interviews that they didn't communicate about what was wanted for the franchise. Yeah. They didn't collaborate well. So 
basically in force awakens you have jj abrams writing all this cool speculative stuff you have that amazing flashback vision sequence with ray when she finds the lightsaber and you see the knights of ren and you see like things being destroyed and like jj abrams presents a ton of cool ideas but you don't know if he actually had solutions to those ideas no i don't think he did and i don't (laughs) think he did and so i think ryan johnson took it and took what parts he could make sense of but wasn't able to really bring to light some of the most important parts and i think it's sad because you know at the end of force awakens i was like okay so kylo ren literally like built this like army of like soldiers to follow him out of the the students that he didn't kill and like Mm -hmm. he was like so like evil when he turned and then like the last thing luke says in the last jedi is like i saw the eyes of like a scared boy whose master had betrayed him Mm -hmm. i'm like no scared boy doesn't just like slaughter half the people and then like built like and where are the knights of red are they dead like are they alive i'm kind of hoping (laughs) i'm kind of hoping that in nine they become like his guard like Snoke had mm-hmm. the I don't know how to say it Praetorian guard the uh, yeah, red whatever. the red mask dudes <laughs> um but I feel like there's just so many holes there and I think that's the biggest problem because like if we understood why Kylo had turned into a villain we would understand his motivations better but I think so much of it is speculation yeah because you're presented with his feelings but you don't understand where they're coming from you know right um and I, I think that's like echoed in like problems I have with Ray. Sure. Is that I'm like, okay, so this is like the Spider-Man in Civil War scenario where like she's presented with a side to fight for and she's like, oh, yes, I'll fight with you. But it's like, do you know why you're fighting? Like, do you know why you're doing any of this? That's my when we talk about Civil War, I'm going to have that problem with Spider-Man because I feel like (laughs) Spider-Man and Civil War, same kind of problem. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll have something. Sorry, that was like a lot. But no, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's uh, well, I think. The Force Awakens was underwritten on purpose so it could be vague and the series could go in whatever direction that they needed it to. Uh, I liked Force Awakens. I understood that it did that, but I was like, you know what? I'm excited to see these questions answered. Right, so I was then... like, I was okay with it then. Yeah, and now... it's Yeah, that's. I think ultimately that is the movie's biggest problem is if you like The Force Awakens, and a lot of people did, mm-hmm. um, and you were looking forward to the sequel to that story this kind of isn't it Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and Mm -hmm. i read that like you just mentioned jj abrams and ryan johnson didn't really communicate i read that it was even worse than that is that ryan started writing the script while force awakens was shooting he would just watch dailies for like uh performances i mean that's very possible he said it i heard him say it in an interview yeah and like dude well watch the movie first here's another thing i heard (laughs) here's another thing i heard so at the end of Last Jedi, one of my problems that I had with it is that it didn't really set up anything. Like, I was like, I don't know where we're going from here. Sets up Broom Boy. We're <laughs> 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 like... Ryan Johnson literally said he was like, I left a mess with the script and I don't know how the next director is going to clean it up. Like, I really just think like he's setting up for his next trilogy. Yeah. And like, yeah. he doesn't care about like finishing this one. He's, and I think, yeah. <laughs> I think that's so sad. Like, I think like, irresponsible is what yeah, it is yeah and while i like while i will say like i'm not going to change my mind like i love the last jedi <laughs> i don't think it fits in this trilogy and i don't know what jj was is going to do and i feel so bad for him because like i have no idea it's because yeah the movie it just ends on a well it feels like a conclusion yeah like there's i'm like what am i looking forward to like at the end of force awakens like 
the credits rolled and you were like, oh my god, where's the next part? Right. Like, your I mind's need to see just what racing. Happens. Your imagination's yeah. just like, what like could at the end of Last Jedi, I was like, okay. And <laughs> I just think it's we'll get back we'll get back to the era villain arc in just a second. But I just think it's sad, like thinking of J.J. Abrams as a filmmaker because I think like the force awakens he was forced to like a lot of people have said it's like a rehash of new hope like i feel like he was forced to make it very like similar to the originals Mm -hmm. and then once it was successful they were like now you guys can stray away with what you want to do and Mm -hmm. then he didn't get to do nine and or eight and now he has to do nine Uh, anyway it's crazy um but yeah the basically the hero and villain like i these characters are interesting they have an interesting interesting connection they're mm-hmm. two like lonely people and this is the only connection they have mm-hmm. i think that's interesting but that's more of like a romeo and juliet story mm-hmm. rather than a hero and villain story yeah and i wonder too so here's what kind of bothers me is i was one of the subscribers to the idea that ray was a skywalker mm-hmm. um i didn't think she was kylo's sister because i think that's a stupid theory but um i thought she was like luke's daughter i was very i subscribed to that a lot and i even like subscribed to the theory that like kylo like knew about her before we even met her oh it's teased the force awakens teases that very thing yeah and so like i i think they would i would understand their connection more and their arcs more if she had if we knew why they had this connection because like i'm so down for her being nobody but i'm like why like are you just gonna say like it's just like fate that they had this like weird connection Mm -hmm. that's like pulling them together like i don't buy that like the one moment in force awakens that just drives me nuts is when like the guard or the the officer is like telling kylo ren about the droid and whatever and then he says and there's a girl yeah. and then kylo yeah. ren just flips out and goes what girl and right. like it sounds like he like knows about this girl know, like I know. i'm so and then maz does the same thing han so- she-, she sits down with, with han and maz yeah. says who's the girl yeah and then there's a lightsaber sequence you talked about in force yeah. awakens like it's showing her the history of that lightsaber and it's yeah. it's uh the lightsaber is a family heirloom and she has a vision about it then it's like, wow, she must be connected in some way. I'm just so frustrated nope. because, like, I feel like so many of the problems, I feel like all the problems of Last Jedi, like you said, stem from the fact that it doesn't follow Force Awakens. Well, yeah, you know, that's that is the biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, I could, I can, I could live with most of the choices Ryan Johnson makes or made mm-hmm. if he just watched Force Awakens. Yeah, because like I think the natural thing to do, and this maybe this may not even be his fault. Right. I think it. I think Kathleen Kennedy, the the head of Lucasfilm, has shown a lot of poor leadership. I agree. Uh, hiring directors, firing directors, micromanaging people. Yep. It's not good leadership. Yeah. Uh, it shows she doesn't really have a strong vision for the brand. Um, maybe, and we have to remember that under George Lucas, Star Wars movies came out every three years. Right. One movie every three years. Right. And they, like, barely made it. Oh, I think it's the pressure of the time, for sure. I totally think that's what it is. I think that... And now I'm scared about... So, um, Nine is slated for May of 2019. Oh, I didn't know that. They have a year and a half. And JJ... I read the other day that he at least waited to watch The Last Jedi before pitching the story. Which means that, like, he still has to write it. Yeah, exactly. That's so scary for him. Yeah, that's this is my and, biggest problem with the movie is it's so uh, slapshot, mm-hmm. just sort of thrown together. Mm-hmm. It shows there's not really a strong leadership at Lucasfilm. There's not a long-term <laughs> plan for this story. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like when you take Star Wars, which is culturally so important, right? 
to so many people. It's a great story. And you say you're going to continue that story without a real plan? That's, I don't think... I think ugh. they've had so much time. I don't understand how they screwed up this badly. Yeah. I don't. Like, you've, you've, you have all the time in the world. Like, if you waited three years between films, you're not... Like, nobody's going to, like, be like, oh, it's been too long. I can't remember right. what happened at the last Star Wars. Right, like, yeah. I feel like it would be even more successful the more you have to wait. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway. So... But yeah, ultimately, these... As a hero and a villain interesting characters they don't really come across as hero and villain to me and i think the biggest problem there is i don't feel like they're working toward an alliance or uh like being completely opposed and i feel like that was the problem with this movie is like i didn't believe by the end i feel like by the end we were supposed to think that like oh like now like Ray is fully committed to resistance because of what happened. He tried to get her to join him. She was like, no. And now Kylo is fully committed to the dark side. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy that with all that they went through with trying to get away from the good and the bad and the resistance in the First Order. I agree. I think the ending is really a false note in a lot of ways. Yeah, like it, because I feel like it returned back to like where we were, kind of. It's not even. It returns back to A New Hope. Yeah. Which, oh, God, I had so many problems with that. <laughs> like, what did Han, Luke, and Leia fight for? What was the point? <laughs> Um, it's just sad. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I we need to move on. But I think ultimately, like, since the story doesn't have a clear direction, the characters don't have a clear direction, it's hard to have a strong hero-villain relationship because of that. Right. I agree with that. Cool. Um. So, on a note where I feel like this is, like, one of the biggest strengths of the movie, we should talk about spectacle. Because, okay. um, so... First of all, I think this is one of John Williams' best Star Wars scores. I think it was incredible. Like, I really do. Yes, it was so good. The score was so good. It's all rehashed. No, it's not. So much of it felt so new to What me. are the new themes? So, um, okay. Force Awakens had a couple new themes. They were great. Yeah, Kylo Ren's theme and Rey's, Rey's theme. Rey's theme, the Resistance theme. All really good. Okay, but like, it didn't create any new themes, but I thought it built them in really unique ways. Um, Like, one of the... uh. The Supremacy, which is the one where it's when Leia is, like, dying. She doesn't die. She's in space. We can get Ma- to that. Ma- Mary, um. Mary Poppins? I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> yes, like that. Um, <laughs> there's, some, there's some really cool stuff there, like, before that happens because, like, it mixes, like, Kylo Ren's theme and Leia's theme when it's doing, like, the parallels mm. of them. Mm. Um the spark, which is the one when Luke is walking out onto the battlefield, is so incredible. Um, the, it's the track's called the spark. Yeah, it's called okay. the spark, and it's it plays the force theme, but in like a like a minor note, like rehash. Mm. It's really cool. I think it does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but anyway, I will have to listen to it. Um, whether and whether it's like new new stuff or not, uh, it I thought there are some moments where the music really made the moments. The playing Princess Leia's theme during her Superman moment. Uh, it's a weird moment, but <laughs> yeah. um, I did love hearing her theme there. I loved working in Luke's theme. Favorite scene in the whole movie. Luke reunites with R two D two. Yeah, yeah. Best scene in the whole movie. Yeah, by far. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> it was it was great. I I may have like rolled a tear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that works in like Luke's theme. Maybe the force theme, probably not. But yeah, that was a really sweet moment, mm-hmm. enhanced by the music. Right. The only time I really remember the music is when Luke 
is giving Rey her first lesson. Mm-hmm. He's talking about like how the Jedi failed and it's vanity to think that the Jedi own the light. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's interesting. And there's there's a there's a uh, a variation of the Force theme that plays during that scene that I really liked. Yeah. But yeah, music did not stand out to me. I have to say. Okay. Because well. every every Star Wars movie introduces new themes mm-hmm. to go with the story. Um, Empire Strikes Back introduced Princess Leia's theme. Return of the Jedi introduces a Luke and Leia theme. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the throne room theme for like the Vader and Luke battle. Right. Um, and then the prequels all had really, really great scores, actually. Like Duel of the Fates. Oh, for, yeah. And Amazing. Then, uh, Across the Stars for... Yeah. Uh, each movie really has a theme. Right. And maybe I should not have expected that, but I was. Okay. I think that's totally fair. Because I think this movie for me just like used all the themes it already had in the mm. best possible way i don't think it created anything new but you're so. supposed to let the past die <laughs> that's good <laughs> i guess they didn't uh, tie that into their composing that's that's a mark off yeah i like the movie less now uh, no. <laughs> good good um, so i'm like the emperor <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so uh <laughs> Wow. Um, You'll be on the dark side by the end. No, this is not true. (laughs) Um, So, spectacle. Fact to spectacle. Besides what you think about the music. Um, I thought up until the throne room scene, it was a little weak on, like, action. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, like, I'm not saying it has to have action, but, like... No, it does. (laughs) But watching it, like, five (laughs) or six times especially, which, like, I watched watched it, like, six times in a week. So, like, if I didn't get tired of it, I would be concerned for myself. But, like, (laughs) I definitely, like, was never tired of, like, Throne Room on. But until Throne Room, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, because, like, I feel like all the stuff on the island, while cool and while it builds a lot, just, like, I don't... I feel like there was such a missed opportunity for some really cool training stuff with Ray that we just oh, never yeah. got to see. She just waves the lightsaber around a little bit. Yeah, and like, like cuts a rock and ruins the lives of some poor uh, <laughs> caretakers. Yeah. Caretaker nuns. Um, so <clears throat> I think up until there, pretty weak. Um, I do enjoy the Canto Bite stuff more now than I used to. So I really like. Uh, I what. <laughs> Canto bites sucked. Okay, listen, <laughs> we'll get there. Okay, that's more. That's almost more at a morality conversation. It is. But okay. Yeah. But um, I actually really like the race scene. Oh, isn't that a new theme? The music that plays when they're like racing through Canto bite. I'm pretty I don't sure know. that's a new theme. I'll take your word it's for it. It's pretty cool. It's okay. a cool theme. I'll take your you word for it. You should listen to it. I will. I will. Um, uh, and uh, so should have been pod racers. Man, that would have been cool. Again. With the pod racing. Pod racing's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Anyway, but on to the spectacle <laughs> I actually want to talk about. Okay. Um, I think the most amazing scene... You're going to disagree with me? That's okay. I think the most amazing scene in all of Star Wars is the throne room scene. I think... Um, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> He's shaking his head. I realize, like, our listeners can't see your ridiculous expression right now. They can but... feel it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I think it's incredible... Let me talk. Um, I think it's incredible. Um, I think the buildup is really, really good to it. Um, the moment when she grabs the lightsaber out of the air, the music, like, hits this awesome note in the Force theme, and it just, like, blows me away. I would probably pay, like, $10 a ticket 10 more times just to see that scene again. I love it so much. Um, I think 
just the moment she stands to face him and the force theme is playing and you have that very f- brief flicker of like oh my god are they gonna duel now and then they turn back to back and then it's like fighting the guards i just mm-hmm. think it's incredible um i i love that scene so much um that scene was very meh for me oh my god and i know everybody loves it everybody even who don't people don't like the movie point to that scene they're like but that was a great action yeah, scene yeah and like it's it's a well done action scene like nice fight choreography Here's the problem. Why are they fighting? What do you mean, why are they why fighting? Why are they fighting? Because... Why are they fighting the guards? Because they killed Snoke, and the guards are going to be loyal to Snoke no matter what. Why? Because... I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, but it's not, like, not logical to just, like, make the assumption, like, the guards are loyal to Snoke. Why would they be? I don't know. With the Sith... It's an established thing that the apprentice always kills the master, right? Yeah. And uh, Vader wanted to kill the emperor and take over. Yeah. I. It's very hard for me to believe that guards who are ruled by fear, which is the whole point of the dark side, right. is they right. really care about who's given the orders. That's fair, especially since... Um, Hux so quickly bows down to the whole, like, you're the supreme leader now right. thing. That's right, yeah. Um, but ultimately, like, okay, let's say they are loyal to Snoke. We don't know who the guards are. We don't care. They're faceless dudes who exist only so you can have an action scene. And lightsaber battles have always been more, like, psychological. Right. Like, these two people are fighting because they have to. And it's usually... And that's another thing that makes the scene weaker is usually it's two force users fighting each other and it's right. So right. like with this, it was they're just fighting the guards. So I yeah. can I can see that. Um, it's it's a fun action scene. It was a little gory for Star Wars, I thought. Yeah, which was a little weird. Like seeing a, seeing a guy get chopped up into little pieces, I was like, that's not very Star Warsy. Every time I've seen this movie in the theater, the biggest audience reaction, whether it be like a clap or a gasp or whatever, has been at the end of the fight when Ray throws Kylo the lightsaber and yeah. he ignites it for like two seconds uh, and like, like goes that. through the... I love it! Like, this is Star Wars. This is like for kids. <laughs> okay, you can't make the for kids argument when we have Marvel and DC too. Wait, what do you mean? Like, in the violence scale. Oh, yeah, but, like, those have established, like, a new tone. Yeah. And they work within that tone. Whereas this, this is, was, like, just randomly, yeah, especially with Force yes, Awakens. Okay, yes. that's fair. Um, anyway, I But really, the, the, the problem with the scene, scene is, like, what are the what are the underlying motivations for the fight? Like, it, well, I, I told you, like, obviously you don't agree with it, but, like, the idea that the guards are loyal to Snoke. But you don't know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's implied. It might not even be implied, but... Yeah. So then, if if you don't know that, I don't know. I, I an implication <laughs> is not good enough for a lightsaber battle. Okay, that's it, fair for me. That's fair. On the spectacle scale, I think it's really impressive. I think it's well done. Yeah, yeah. I think first of all, looks I think great. The cinematography of this movie yeah. is just incredible. The composition that they achieve is just really good. There's this one part. I can't like pull up the picture. I have it on my phone, but this is a podcast. But there's this in the elevator, in the elevator scene when Ray and Kylo. There's a two shot of them mm-hmm. looking at each other, and like 
the the way the elevator is patterned the part that's behind kylo is like all black except for like white like little like mm-hmm. white lines and then mm-hmm. behind her it's white with little mm-hmm. black lines it's Cl- like really clever. cool like yin yang dark yeah. light um anyway i think <laughs> i think the spectacle and the third <laughs> battle is incredible and i think the crate battle is beautiful um although once again i think it's really exciting i don't like really understand when i think about it the whole like oh we're gonna go out here to distract them by literally like makes no sense because the the (laughs) things that they're flying i forget what they called them but um the the grounded x-wings with the monopods um like they were more like b-wings yeah, yeah, with the monoskis. Yeah, it was interesting. They can't even like do anything. So like they literally just, like, did nothing. Zigging around. Literally did nothing. <laughs> I feel like I'm pulling up more issues with this movie as I talk about it, which is fine. That's good. It's not a good movie. Okay, listen. <laughs> there are so many people who disagree with you, but um. Yeah, well. Anyway. Um, the thing about spectacle in this movie, lots of great shots, lots of great moments. The problem with the spectacle for me is the biggest, most memorable moments are rehashes of things we've seen before. The throne room battle is a rehash of the throne room from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's a bunch of dudes instead of, but the the setting, the the lead up to it, yeah, the Snoke, the Emperor parallel, yeah. the 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 crate battle is Hoth, mm-hmm. and even when the Millennium Falcon flies into the Crystal Caverns on crate. That is a visual visual reference to Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. when the, the, Millennium Fal- the Millennium Falcon. This movie, Easy for you. I can't say. even. I can't even talk. <laughs> You're That's so how much enraged. <laughs> uh, when the Millennium Falcon flies into the second Death Star, it's a clear visual parallel. Um, my favorite action scene is Poe at the beginning, just flying yes. the X-wing around. I love when he does his like like 180 like spin turn after yeah. the after he blows the blast. That's like, cool, that and he like puts the brakes on. Mm-hmm. I liked that. That was cool. I liked the bombing sequence. Me too. Um, you know, some people have pointed out, oh, bombs can't fall in space. Like, okay, it's Star Wars. It's a World War II image that was a very Star Warsy thing. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no problem with that whatsoever. And it just lo- it looked like a B-52 bomber, but with like a big, like, clip. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I liked that sequence. The rest of the action in the movie was pretty meh. Uh, I liked the, the confrontation with Luke and Kylo at the end. Mm-hmm. That is a real lightsaber battle. God, I wish they had fought for longer. They fought for yeah. like two seconds, yeah. and then they just talked. Yeah, like, but that, that was. But to me, like the underlying motivations, two characters who <laughs> have to fight each other. Yeah, exactly. I think that's of... like the staple of Star Wars, and I think this failed on that point because like they fought for like two seconds. And so they I didn't. I mean, it wasn't them. really a fight. That's the other I mean, thing. Yeah, which is... which you only know after the fact. But... No, I knew it immediately. Okay. Okay. So... No, really. Okay. I thought because, <laughs> no, like, fair. first of all, he's like he looks young. I'm like, okay, yeah. You you trimmed I mean, your beard. No one else knew it, but I think everybody knew it. No, <laughs> no. There are lots of little clues, which I'm sure you've noticed. No, there were lots it. of clues. The the foot, the lack of. But he's the not biggest one work. is he's got the blue lightsaber, and Kylo's like, Kylo should have said, "I just destroyed that thing." Yeah, that was the one thing I was like, why didn't he use the green lightsaber? Like. If he was trying to actually trick him, but yeah, maybe the green lightsaber is destroyed too. But it's a projection. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I think once again, your problem with the spectacle is based. It's nothing. A new. lot 
on the previous movies because it's nothing new yeah because like i said i think this movie the spectacle is incredible i think like every time i've watched it from the moment ray grabs the lightsaber out of there in the throne room it's just been like on the edge of my seat like i love the action but that's it's, me it's just shallow to me that's the yeah, thing that's is it looks beautiful great that's cinematography fair. great colors um mm-hmm. the yeah. movie had a color palette which was cool i ultimately i think force awakens was more successful visually because it like I don't know. It looked like rich and textured and old, like the original yeah. trilogy, which maybe that's just personal preference. Yeah. I like that more. But this movie really stuck with a color palette, and I appreciated that. I loved how Force Awakens very much had this green, blue, yellow going on, and then this movie was, like, so red. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, loved that, like, the logo for Force Awakens is yellow and this one was red, which, like, is in keeping with the original trilogy. But, like, I just think it's cool how they line yeah. everything up I appreciated there. that. Yeah. That was good. Uh, but ultimately, the spectacle... In The Force Awakens, and I'm mostly going to compare it to that movie. Yeah, that's fair um, comparison. This, they did new things with that. J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams said, let's take space battles and put them in the atmosphere. Yeah. Never been done before. Very cool. Seeing the Millennium Falcon fly like low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And that was a great character moment because Rey is like not a great pilot. Mm-hmm. She can't like take off and they're struggling. Flying through the, the, the skeletal remains of the Star Destroyer. Just really cool to take space battles and say, how do we do this new? Right. And there is no space battle in that movie. Like, they fight there. They fight it at the Maz planet. Mm-hmm. Takodana, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Again, that's on the atmosphere. And then Starkiller Base, is it's a planet. So that's within the atmosphere, too, even though it's kind of a Death Star reference. Yeah. Um, Especially, like... God, putting them in the snowy forest was such a genius move. Great. Yeah, it was it's beautiful. So that's one of the... I mean... You get into trouble there because, like we said, the characters, the motivations aren't exactly well, clear. Well, yeah, then Kylo just, like, storms out into the forest and finds them. Like, right. I don't know. But there's a yeah. lot of, like, visually it's it's really beautiful. And I love that you can clearly see that Rey is sort of adopting her uh, staff combat to a lightsaber. Because yeah. it's just very kind of rigid, lots of two-handed stuff. Yeah. And Kylo has, like, a very one-handed style. He's, he's sort of like a lumberjack. So, yeah, he's yeah. so, like, just fluid swing. And remember when he, like, kept punching himself? Yeah. That was a really cool idea. Yeah. That was dropped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the lightsaber fight in Force Awakens. The spectacle in Force Awakens, I think, is way better. They okay. did new things. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. As far as time goes, we have to move on to morality because it's a big conversation. Okay. So, um, Do you want to wrap up spectacle in some way? Put a bow on it? Yeah, so I think that the spectacle is visually impressive. Um, I think particularly if you're not as familiar with the original Star Wars films or it's been a long time or you are not paying as much attention, it's Mm -hmm. more impressive. Um, But I think you're right that it's a little hollow on the motivation front and that it is stuff we've seen before. Yeah, cool. Cool. I disagree about the music, though. I think this is one of his best scores. So I think you should listen to it. I will. I will do that. All right, cool. So, um, morality... (laughs) So this, I'm going to start. I'm just going to say this movie takes. Okay. So basically the biggest argument that I've been hearing from a lot of fans, which I feel like your argument is much more complex and well-founded probably than this. But like the, the basis is like, I hate that like it's destroying everything that Star Wars like was. And like it makes everything like it takes away like dark and light side and good and bad and it's kind of gray and like sloppy in this grayness and it kind of like lets go of tradition in negative ways um so obviously this movie the the kind of like theme that it's going for at least attempting is 
Kylo's line, let the past die, kill it if you have to, this whole, like... Which is what the villain says. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, that's problematic. <laughs> but it's, it's this idea that, you know, the Force is everywhere, and it's not just the light side, it's not just the dark side, and, mm-hmm. like, um, I... I think that whether or not it achieves in presenting this, I think that everything in the film ties into this idea, including Cantobite. And I feel like Cantobite is very um, intrinsic to this to this theme. Um, so I can make that argument. But uh, anyway. What, what is the theme? The, the theme of like... Moral grayness? Moral grayness and the idea like figure out what you're fighting for and if it's the mm-hmm. right thing. Because I think there's so much that ties into this idea of like what are you fighting for are you fighting for the right thing um in you know this idea like and rose's heavy-handed line at the end where she says you know you fight for what you love um and i hated that i'm sorry but anyway that uh, is the worst moment in any star wars movie. Uh, that's fair any yes okay, okay. any st- she is worse than jar jar binks oh anyway um so you know with that with um when oh what is del toro's character um dj is his name yes dj yeah when dj like is showing finn what a clever acting choice that was i'll give him a stutter yeah um i liked him actually he was yeah no i liked him um didn't need to be in the movie no but I like uh, with with his defection and with the whole like oh we stole this ship and the guy who had the ship was paying money and buying from creating for both the first order and the resistance and then you know this idea that ray is figuring out what she's fighting for um and that kylo is coming to the realization that like first of all with han like he was like what did i do that for it feels wrong and then like him not killing leia i feel like just like all the characters really tie into that theme of like what are you fighting for? Is it the right thing? Even with Poe. I love Poe's arc. I think Poe's arc is incredible. I think it's one of the strongest points of the film. But That's anyway. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's all this idea of like, what are you fighting for? Is it the right thing? Is there really good and bad? Why do we do what we do? But I don't know if it amounts to anything. Well, it does not. But that is a, that is a consistent theme. Mm-hmm. The movie is consistent in its themes. Ryan Johnson succeeded there. Mm-hmm. And... Every character goes through a, a huge failure, uh, oftentimes to the detriment of the story. I felt like Ryan was like, I want to put this character through the ringer and make them com- like at some point, Ryan Johnson read that the the second part of a two act story is the darkest and the characters are at their weakest. And he, and he took that and instead of applying it with nuance, he was like, what's the worst thing I can imagine? Instead, without having any, like, deference to where the story would naturally go. Yeah. So, I think one of my biggest issues is that, especially tying into Cantobite. So, the whole, like, Cantobite thing that happens, them going, them failing. Mm -hmm. I think that was part of this whole idea of subverting tropes. And one of the tropes was, like, here's this, like rescue mission against all the odds where there's all these little moving pieces and parts but we're somehow going to sort it out and like win and then they like fail and, they fail, yeah. and so like i think in principle like that's a really good idea like i'm like oh i like that like i think that's important that like you see these heroes like failing but i don't know that it does anything and i think like my biggest problem is that like with finn 
he's learning what to fight for. I think in Force Awakens, um, it was really an interesting arc because, like, he's not really fighting for the Resistance. He's just fighting for Rey when he goes to Starkiller Base, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, At first, he's fighting to get away from the First Order, and Mm -hmm. then he's fighting for Rey, but he's never, like, for the Resistance, for this greater cause. And then in this movie, he starts out by trying to go rescue Rey. Um, which Rose stops him from doing, and then yeah. at the end, when he, and then at the end, <laughs> when he tries to sacrifice himself for the resistance, for the greater good, Rose <sighs> says, "Fight for what you love," which is what he was doing when he got caught trying to get off the ship. This is the worst moment in any Star Wars movie. <laughs> okay, but like, L- let me let why? me let me lay down the groundwork for this. <laughs> the movie, okay, everything you just said, yeah, is interesting. It does not belong in a Star Wars movie. Because Star Wars is at its core, and you can't change this, or else you get The Last Jedi. Star Wars is a story about good and evil, but it's more than that. It's about every individual has within them the potential to be a good person. That's Star Wars. That's the whole point of Star Wars. Okay. Um, You have the light in you. You can be tempted by the dark. Mm -hmm. Someone like Darth Vader can can be redeemed mm-hmm. that's the whole point of star wars and it's told through like this pulpy sci-fi like b-movie lens but ultimately it's about like very simple like mythological things good yeah. and evil yeah the hero overcoming odds right to to teach you something yeah ryan johnson wanted to subvert that yeah first of all two things that he wanted to subvert it I think shows huge selfishness on his part. Uh, yeah, that betrays his intentions, I think. Okay. Because the second issue, the bigger one, is, and he said this on Twitter, that all the discussions, like the discussion we're having right now, mm-hmm. discussions everyone's having about this movie, he's like, these need to happen for Star Wars to move forward. Yeah. To me, that is the most arrogant thing you could ever say. Because Star Wars is successful because of these universal, basic themes. That's why it has endured forever. Because it is simple. Because it's about good and evil. Because it's about people overcoming the odds and succeeding. So, I think on surface level, when you just like say, like, maybe, maybe, theoretically, <laughs> Star Wars changing and subverting these tropes is what it needs to survive. I can buy that as, like, a proposition because I think that Hollywood is so stuck in this repetitive cycle of, like, doing the same old thing over again and, you know, recycling old plots and recycling old themes and, like, I've seen this before screaming at you from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a valiant idea to give some thought to to say, like, hey, what if we, like, turn this on its head? What if this is what allows Star Wars to, like, continue and be something that lasts even longer but like here are my problems with that like there was no proof that like what they were doing wasn't working Mm -hmm. um and i don't buy the idea that force awakens was a rehash at all i thought it was like you said had a lot of new elements that made it enjoyable while keeping the old themes and so the plot was a rehash but it there's more to a movie than just the plot right that movie felt new and exciting yeah and that's the thing is like if it feels new and exciting like why are you messing with it Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I I love Last Jedi and what it does. I don't know if I love it 
in what it does for Star Wars. I think I may just love it in what it does in like a like conceptual way, if that makes sense. It's well, here's really what it comes down to. I think is it's a deconstruction, but it doesn't reconstruct, which is what mm-hmm. a good deconstruction does. Is you'll break it down and you say, "Wow, here are all these elements. Mm-hmm. I've completely torn this thing apart. I'm going to put it back together with only the necessary components." That's a good deconstruction. Yeah. So this like, movie, I don't think, does that. If, like, you had given J.J. Abrams, say, all three movies, and you had given him this idea of, like, deconstruction and reconstruction, and there had been time to build it, I think you could do something really amazing with mm-hmm. this. Because I think you could develop a new Star Wars that maintains all the good pieces. But I think, um, like you're saying, J.J. Abrams set up something that was maybe a rehash of plot, but presented new elements and was going somewhere and had like things that we were excited about and then ryan johnson was like huh wrecking ball like whatever with (laughs) no plan to to write it it was selfish Um, ryan johnson is a sith lord (laughs) he only cares about himself on on the morality (laughs) thing because i feel like this is like a major point in the movie and what you had a lot of problem with let's talk about luke okay yeah so this okay i'm interested in deconstructions Mm -hmm. batman v superman is a Huge deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Not a great movie. Lots of problems. But at the end, it breaks. That movie breaks Superman down, tears yeah. him apart. You have him saying, I don't want to be Superman mm-hmm. at some point. And at the end, he's Superman. Yeah. He sacrifices himself. Yeah. He saves the day. It's the ultimate. It's, it's, a, it's a sacrifice. The ultimate right. thing a hero can do. Right. It's a reconstruction, even if it's just a tiny one. Yeah. This movie doesn't do that. Uh, and it tries to with with what it does to Luke, um, right? Because like on surface level, you could say like, oh, Luke does the same thing; he sacrifices himself, right? But there's like, oh god, there's just so many like, there's so many problems with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number one though, uh, I understand that Ryan Johnson was sort of um, caught between a rock and a hard place because Luke Skywalker at the end of uh, Force Awakens. He's a hermit on an island. <laughs> yeah. And Ryan's like, what do I do? How do I explain this? Because JJ didn't explain it. Like, I get that. And that's... who knows if JJ even had, like, good ideas about how to right. explain it. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a tough place to start. I understand yeah. that. But I think <sighs> the way to explain that is not what he did at all. And the way he went about explaining it, to me, shows that he's very selfish, didn't care about the character, only cared about, and this is where I think like Kathleen Kennedy was sort of he's like the puppet master behind him, that she just wanted to uh, get on with these new characters mm-hmm. and like let's move on, mm-hmm. let's get rid of all the old characters. Um, making Luke, this is the linchpin of the whole movie, making Luke into someone who thinks about murdering his nephew, almost goes through with it, almost very much, almost goes through with it. Does more than simply contemplate it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one step away from premeditated murder. <laughs> Taking Luke Skywalker, who's a hero, yeah. he's not a saint, he's not a perfect person. Right. Luke Skywalker made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. He starts his series as like a whiny little boy. Yeah. And he like goes, you know, and he grows and you go on the journey with him and you learn lessons with him. To take that person and make him into what he is in this movie, which is like, just a piece of crap, basically. Like, okay, on one hand, you can maybe do that, but you have to devote a lot of time to explaining that. Yeah. And the movie simply does not. 
Yeah, I would agree that my biggest problem with Luke is, like, the whole, like, premeditated murder of Ben. And the problem is, like, I feel like that's, like, the stupidest way to explain what happened. Because nothing J.J. wrote, like, even alluded to that. And you were like, oh, like, maybe, like, you know, this movie could have explored, like, Snoke, like, mind force controlling, like, Ben through, like, dreams. And, like, explored all these cool ideas and, like, had, like luke struggling to contain him and luke's failure being that like maybe he didn't do anything to stop ben and like that's his regret or you know something Mm -hmm. like that but like i just feel like it's so like lazy and like oh what would you never predict luke to try to kill his nephew exactly like like the luke that refused to kill darth vader like it doesn't make sense and i think there were a lot of like good points to luke's character in this movie like i think um i love his scene with yoda i really do like uh i i love that scene also did you notice that the tree the burning tree is in the shape of the rebel insignia because like it's really cool (laughs) anyway i'm obsessed with that but but like i feel like half of it was just like luke like reliving things he'd already learned and then the other half was like him being out of character um well that's so in one hand you have just from it's poorly written because it takes Luke. Luke learns two big lessons in Star Wars. The first one he learns in Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. not to act on impulse. Yeah, because he acts on impulse. He has a vision about his friends. Mm-hmm. Excuse, excuse me. And Yoda's like, "Don't go. It's probably a trap." Guess what? It's a trap. Yeah. He loses his hand. Uh, his robot gets destroyed, dismantled. His best friend gets frozen, and. Uh, what else happens? Oh, yeah. He finds out that his dad is Space Hitler. Yeah. A lot of bad things happen. Yeah. It's kind of the defining moment of his life. Yeah. And he seems to have forgotten this moment. Well, I And think- then, well, the other thing is in Return of the Jedi, which you already alluded to, is in that Luke flirts with the dark side in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts the movie, the first time you see him, he's he force chokes two guards immediately. And he's wearing black robes. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the original trilogy, the only time you've seen someone wear black robes is the Emperor. Right. So you're like, wow, what happened to Luke? Yeah. Um, he kills a bunch of people at Jabba's palace. And so he he's dealt with everything that we see him deal with in The Last Jedi. So yeah. it's just lazy writing on one hand. Yeah. To write this character, to do a regression of this character back to a state he had already done. Um, but like... There's a deeper there's a deeper problem with this whole movie, and I, to me, it's the it's the impulse to to want to take a hero, a simple just a simple hero like Luke Skywalker. He's not mm-hmm. really a complex character. He's just a simple like mythological hero, mm-hmm. and the desire to deconstruct that like I I don't understand that. That's it, totally fair. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I think especially just like. Like you, like your whole point about if we were building back towards something, or even if there was a sign that we were gonna build back towards something in nine. Like if Luke hadn't died in this movie, and like if there was a sign that like he was going to come out of this having learned something that he didn't already learn, having developed something, you know, like if there was a sign that this was happening for a reason, mm-hmm. I'd maybe buy it. But I totally agree. Like especially having him die after that, it's just like, you know, uh, what was yeah. the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I do love his and Leia's reunion, and I love, like, the idea of him, like, 
serving as a decoy and like you know all that stuff like it's a cool it's a cool plot element i'll agree but like yeah when he kissed her on the forehead like that was really sweet that was great mark hamill is amazing in the movie like he's wonderful every frame he's in like you can't take your eyes off him Mm -hmm. Uh, really good performance and like when he so he shows up and he sees 3PO at the end he just winks at him <laughs> and it's so yeah. good because I think the idea is 3PO he's like Master Luke yeah and I think the idea is 3PO can like know he like can tell it's just a projection yeah I mean yeah. maybe that, who knows but I like that interpretation yeah. Luke just winks at him yeah that's that's great he would do that but I just I don't know why you want to deconstruct that character I don't I don't understand that impulse yeah Um. I think the natural progression of Luke Skywalker and Star Wars, the first story is about how a good person goes evil. The second story is about how the son forgives that person. And the third story, I think the natural progression of that would be the son trying to start his own family. Ray could have been Luke's daughter. And then you get the angle, instead of a father and son problem, you get a father and daughter. And like, yeah, it's a whole new place to explore. And yeah. and, you, and you respect the character. Yeah. You could, I mean, give Luke new things to to overcome. Let yeah. him be the master, and you know. Yeah. So we've got to be wrapping up morality <laughs> soon, but um. I have so many more things. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Oh gosh, let me just, just let speed me, round. Speed okay, round. speed. Okay. And then I have like I have one thing to wrap up morality, but I'll save that till you're done. So. Okay. The the movie ties a nice little bow at the end with that the resistance is good and they're on the right path and all mm-hmm. that. There's so many moments in this movie that where the characters, in my opinion, don't behave like heroes at all. And I understand part of like the theme, especially with Poe's arc is, you know, heroism isn't so simple. Right. Okay. That's, that's worth exploring. Right. Sure. But even with that, like there are moments where, characters behave in more morally reprehensible ways and i'm like well the big problem is there are no consequences for it right uh and the big one i want to bring up is ray attacks luke yeah to get something she wants yeah and when that happened the movie there is no moral center anymore it's kind of like you know with justice league when they raise superman from the dead but like way worse. Well, it's weird because it's like it's like this like pseudo romance with like her and Kylo where like if you had like built into it a little bit more I would totally buy like full blown like they're falling in love like kind of thing, but that's like not what's happening, but mm-hmm. she she passes it off as like this is the key to like winning, but then like it's this weird pseudo romance where you almost feel like it's like selfish like I want to be with Kylo. It's very weird and convoluted in my opinion. But well, okay. Her attacking Luke. What do you think about that? I I buy it if only because, like, the movie does nothing to make them grow closer or trust each other, like, ever. Well, I buy that she would do it, but, like... Yeah, I don't like that she did it. I think it makes sense for her character. Sure. Because, yeah, because she's trying to, like, this whole time, she's trying to, like, just figure out, like, what's right. Like, she's thrust into this world that she hasn't been in of, like, good and evil, and, like, she's trying to, like, figure out what's right, and, like, she believes that, like, she's finally found, like, that thing, which is, like, bringing Kylo to the light, mm-hmm. and that Luke's keeping her from doing that. So, like, I, I... Does she... Does the movie paint that as a bad thing? No. 
she doesn't. Because I, I would not say she learns from it. No, yeah. I don't think she learns from it. Yeah. No, I would. Because Empire that. Strikes Back, we went through lots yeah. of bad stuff happens to Luke. What happens to Ray? And then at the at the end of the movie, she's just like, "Oh, Luke's dead." No. Yeah, because like <laughs> what she does, there are two points in this movie where, in my opinion, she just goes to the dark side. Yeah. When she goes down to the hole, mm-hmm. she does that out of a selfish impulse to learn about her parents or whatever. And Luke's like, hey, you shouldn't go down there. It's like the, uh, what's the word? It's like the Garden of Eden thing. Like, yeah. you, you're tempted by this thing. Don't yeah. do it. And she does it. And, okay, like, no consequence. Yeah. Um, but then with her attacking Luke, like, okay, she he's walking away from her. She hits him in the back of the head with her staff. And then they, they fight for a little bit. And he sort of disarms her because he's using the force at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she pulls the lightsaber. Luke's his father's own lightsaber. She pulls it on him and he like falls to the ground. And I I take it as a visual parallel to Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. when Mace Windu has the Emperor yeah. cornered. He's yeah. not the Emperor at that point, but you know what I mean. Um so the only way I know how to read this scene is she's threatening him. No, yeah. To get something she wants. For sure. I agree. I think yeah, I think the biggest issue is that, like, the consequence of all this, if there was going to be a consequence, would be, like, Kylo, like, killing her or, like, them or, like, Snoke killing her or, like, her joining Kylo. Like, all of those are consequences. But, like, she, she gets them. out of it fine. If she joins Kylo, if she takes his hand at the end, great ending. Incredible, like, direction for the series. Something truly new. Yeah. A lot of people pay lip service to this movie being bold and new, like, whatever. <laughs> that would have been something new. Yeah. That would have been incredible. Yeah. Like, you imagine, like we said, at the end of Force Awakens, you're like, wow, what will happen next? Yeah. Incredible cliffhanger. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one more thing about that scene with she and Luke. She threatens Luke. And, okay, I buy all that. She's she's growing. She's learning mm-hmm. how to deal with this stuff. The problem, the real problem with it, especially since he's reconnected to the Force at this point, because mm-hmm. he's using the Force, he, like, breaks the hut and all that, he gives her what she wants. Yeah. He gives into the threat. Yeah. And she he tells her the truth about Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who wrote this? Yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally get where you're going with that. <laughs> It's just, that's not, yeah. forget the history of Luke, forget, forget all that stuff. Like, why can't we just watch good people? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Okay, cool. I have a lot of other examples like that, but I guess I don't need to go. Oh, let's talk about just one more because we oh, yeah, already yeah. brought it up. Yeah, you're good. Okay, so F- Rose stopping Finn at the end. <clears throat> I hate it. Finn should have died. I was I was all for it. I was like, wow, this character, this is like the most, this is the only heroic character in the movie. Yeah, like Finn should have died. Like literally, like up until that point, like up in, actually up until like the second before she saves him. Like I was like, that's a great arc. Like he starts off the movie wanting to abandon the resistance to go save Rey, which is pretty selfish. Like I want to save like the one person I care about, which makes sense. Like I totally like get it. She's the only person he's ever cared about in mm-hmm. his life. He gets stopped from doing that. Then he gets pulled into this mission to, like, help the greater cause, which will also help Ray, which is, like, the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And and it's fighting back against, like, the regime that he came from. So it's, like, great. He's fighting back. He's doing all that. They get thwarted. But then he gets the moment with Phasma where, call it cheesy if you want, but I love, like, your scum, rebel scum, because, Hated because, it. because <laughs> it shows that, like, Finn has, like, 
accepted this new identity like he's like i understand what it takes to like fight for the cause i understand what the cause does for me and the people i care about like i get it like i get what i'm doing yeah. here i get why i'm here and then he's gonna like risk his life to like for it and that's like that's a great character arc it's true he ran away now he's and running that's towards what po his was problem. learning too yeah. like poe was learning like you have to like well, it's weird because Pozart kind of plays into both ideas. The whole, like, sacrifice yourself, like, like the greater good matters more, and then also the whole, like, save those you love thing. And then, like, of course, Rose, like, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, because I feel almost like the Rose, like, like, it's about fighting for what you love line is, like, extremely selfish, and we shouldn't be paying tribute to it because, like, she's upset that her sister died. Makes no sense. And, like... Just- yeah. So anyway, I think like there's so much potential in, like what Finn's arc did, and it makes me really upset because if he had died, I think it would have meant so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I was ready for it. I was like, wow, yeah. I'm ready for this character, like it, to, it made, to step up yeah, and like, and it's just it, robbed, just totally stolen from him. And then the internal logic of it, which doesn't make sense aside, like why is the movie so afraid of people being heroic? Like I, I yeah. don't, I don't understand it. I really don't. Because yeah. that Star Wars came out of the time, you know, the 70s were cynical. You know, these m- movies about antiheroes like The Godfather and like French Connection and mm-hmm. even like Jaws is kind of cynical because mm-hmm. it's not just like a simple adventure story. And the Star Wars comes out, which is like corny. Yeah. Like it's good versus evil. Yeah. It's like wide eyed and optimistic. It was a, it was a callback to a simpler time. And that's why it was so successful. That's why it's endured. And then this movie is just like. This movie is what the 70s were. Like, it's cynical and downtrodden, and it's no one's really, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, the arms dealer, that whole plot, I was like, it doesn't belong in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't get it. But that's the number one problem with the movie for me, is it, it loses the moral center that Star Wars depends on. So I think to, like, sum up the morality, uh, I think it's a great point that, deconstruction and reconstruction is great if you have reconstruction and if it's for a purpose um i think this movie has some great ideas i really think it does like Mm -hmm. i really love i love the idea of like not necessarily how it's presented but this whole idea of like anyone can be a hero like the kid at the end like all that stuff like i like that i like this idea like ray is nobody like use that yes like um, we are tired of like the skywalkers i get that that's fine Mm -hmm. but um i wasn't tired of them and that's fair but like it's a (laughs) valid argument is what i'm saying but like it's an interesting idea. i don't think it goes anywhere with it in a positive way um what I was going to say is one part where I get emotional watching this movie, which, like, it's, like, a cheesy emotional because it's just, like, good wording with, like, paired with good shots that doesn't actually, like, mean anything. But you'll understand. Um, is when is when Kylo says, like, the the war is over, you know, the resistance is dead, uh, and, like, you are the last Jedi. And then, like, Luke says the war is just beginning, the resistance is rising, and I am not the last Jedi. And it pairs it with the shots of, like, Finn and Poe. And Ray, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like that's great in this sense. I loved it in an emotional sense because I was like, ah, oh, like if Ray's gone on this journey to like become a Jedi and Poe's gone on this journey to become like the resistance leader he should be. And then like Finn's gone on this journey to like fight in the war and fight for the cause. Like, yes, that's great. And like, that's what Ryan Johnson was going for. But like the arcs don't like connect with that. I, I th- love, yeah. I love those lines and they make me emotional. And like, I'm, if I'm thinking on it surface level, like, ah, Ray's becoming a Jedi now and Poe's going to be the next resistance leader now that Leia's gone and like Finn's ready to like fight the war. Like, I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, 
it's so uh, like i think like it's a lot of like surface level morality yeah, that plays with is, ideas but it, it doesn't like yeah do it anything. just ties like a nice little bow on the end of it but then okay. you start thinking about like, i want to you know, keep talking about this but, but we can't we so, can't like, no we, c- we could keep going no we can't why not <laughs> because i have to go somewhere <laughs> to watch golden globes yeah i have to go watch the golden, golden globes. globes really yeah i'm a film <laughs> major come on um yeah. so okay so uh, let's just let's just get to it are we agreed that jedis are not superheroes and this is not a superhero movie well this one isn't but it's like we said at the beginning, it's kind of a weird one because this movie is so different. So it's worth entertaining the idea, especially with the original trilogy. I think, yeah, I think we'll have to watch an, an okay. older one. But yeah. this particular I'm just, one. I'm just trying to like get to the fact that like we don't have to rank this in yeah. the pantheon yeah, I because I don't think we'd ever agree on that yeah. ever. So um, This movie does not fall in. Yeah, thankfully. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I think we uncovered a lot of the problems with this movie is that, like, it tries to do new things for the wrong reasons um, and that it presents, like, really cool, like, ideas but doesn't connect them well to, like, what they're doing. So, like, Rey and Kylo, their connection is really cool and, like, the strong point of the movie, but it doesn't, like, actually tie into the hero-villain arc that it could. Um, With, like, spectacle, like, there's some really pretty, like, spectacle stuff that's, like, really cool, but it's not really anything new, and it doesn't have, like, deeper motivation, and then with morality, it presents, like, a cool idea, but doesn't do it in a positive light, and doesn't do it toward any sort of meaningful end, and so, yeah, I think as far as our checklist goes, yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, but as far as our checklist goes, even in just, like, the film world, that would make it not a great film, um, so, yeah, I... I still love it, um, but I think you have seen that I'm willing to, like, it, notice there are a lot of things wrong yeah, with this yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, and so. I, I had I had, good, I had good things to say. Yeah. Here. No, no, yeah. I think you have great things to say, and I think you, you <laughs> I mean, managed to never... Compliments about the movie. Yeah, no, no, no. I think you had great things to say, like, on both sides, and I think, like, that's what's important. Um, I, you know over embellish a lot with how much i love something so i feel like you do a good job of like being like yes that's good but um, so uh next time we're actually gonna do batman because we've been saying we're gonna do batman for like weeks and weeks this was more important yeah um but we have both watched batman recently so we need to do it soon um and then i guess we'll figure out what we're doing after batman um so i don't think we've talked about it i don't think we have either so next time when we do Batman, we'll tell you what we're doing. Any ideas? The next time after that. I want to do Wonder Woman. Okay. Sweet. We're That's doing fine. Wonder Woman because I've been wanting to rewatch it and I still haven't gotten around to rewatching it. So it'll get me reading too. But okay, cool. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this <laughs> very long and not really <laughs> superhero-y episode of Watchtower. I think it was good. We, yeah. we cover a lot of good no, things. No, it was good. It was good. Thanks for listening. May the force be with you.